This month's theme is body horror, so expect pestering pustules, power drill genitalia, fleshy fusions and good old face-melting fun. Hello, you are listening to episode 64 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast, and this month we've been watching more disgusting things going into people's bodies than at a Conservative Party orgy, and more disgusting things coming out of people's bodies than during an outbreak of norovirus. And more disgusting things going in and coming out of people's bodies than an outbreak of norovirus at a Conservative Party orgy. <laughs> I'm Cliff, and I'm joined by my fellow odd bods, or should that be Bob Fox, Luke, Emily and Bryony. Uh, <laughs> and we're joined this month by a writer, an actor, a comedian and a horror podcaster himself. Please welcome our guest devil, Chris Mayo. Hello. Hey. Hello, Chris. How's it going? Good. Things are good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A slight bit of PTSD from watching all of these films, but uh, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I remember it was uh, during the lockdowns of 2020 that you really got into horror and started watching all sorts of wild and extreme movies, like four a day for several months. Yes. Yes. Um, You've you kept that up yeah. since Life's Return to Normal? Or... Um, I try and watch a couple a week now, I would say. Uh, but yeah, I was doing three or four a day, which is probably not good for anyone, I don't think. And now, you know, I'm watching regular good films, so I'm sort of going back to uh, less traumatic stuff. But you know, still watching a bit here and there, so it's nice to mix it up a bit. But th- this yeah. this was a treat watching all these. Funny what the lockdowns did to us. I ended up presenting a live quiz for thirteen weeks <laughs> based on this podcast. Yes, and I spectacularly failed most weeks. I think. That was a lot of fun. Can't wait for the next time it happens. All right, well, thanks for joining us this month, Chris. And as ever, we'll get going with our highs and lows of recent horror viewing. Uh, Bryony, you can start. Boom. Uh, quick one, both rewatches. High, Jeepers Creepers. Low, Jeepers Creepers 3. Okay. I know he's a nonce, and I know <laughs> we shouldn't. He's a nonce. He's a nonce. He's a massive nonce. Uh, we're talking about the director, not the creeper. Oh, the creeper's a bit of a nonce too. <laughs> the director to is the um, creeper. <laughs> yes. So yeah, they, it came on, and it was just Jeepers Creepers is such a good film. Like I remember, or maybe I'm, you're all looking at me blankly. No, it's really good, and it's really spooky. It is. It's it is. Well I haven't watched it for ages, it makes, but I remember it being good. Well, here's the thing, because it was like one of those ones I really liked as a teenager, but I liked. Some, I mean, I liked the Thirteenian and Ghosts when I was a teenager. I thought that was a brilliant <laughs> film. Um, but you know, coming back to it as an adult, I was like, oh, I'll give it a go. And it's it still holds up. It's still horrifying and horrible, um, and really fun. And then yeah, uh, Jeepers Creepers Two is not on Prime, so well, I wasn't going to pay money for it. I'm not giving a nonce money. Um, but Jeepers Creepers Three is on Prime, so I felt ethically okay with that. And it's just terrible, isn't it? It's just so it's so bad. I fell asleep halfway through. But yeah, such a shame. Such a shame because it's such a good film. Talking of noncery in the workplace, today my colleague at work <laughs> did his online um, safeguarding course and oh, he opened yeah. it up and he went, oh, bloody hell, it's about child abuse. And I said in a hilarious office pants way, well, that'll be right up your alley. You'll have no problem with that. Yay. And he went, ha, 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 yeah, I'm not actually from Rochdale. And I was like, what? Hey, what's that mean? And I realised he's from Bangladesh. He thought I was accusing him of being in an Asian oh, grooming no. gang. Oh, there's so many codes of conduct broken there. What Little a great day in, in the office. <laughs> uh, Luke. 
Um, it's not really a horror, but my high. Well, it's got you know, it's got a bit of gore and stuff. I'm going to put The Northman as my high. Yeah. It's finally um, a Robert Eggers film that I have enjoyed. I think his other films are filmed really well, and I do think they've got some great performances in them. But I've just never been able to get on with The Witch and um, The Lighthouse. Um, but this one I really, really enjoyed, and there was one scene that really, with the gore, that got me in particular because it was just quite horrible. The big massacre around the village. Uh, no, it's the uh, sword and something else with a nose. I'm not, not going to spoil it. It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's, it's a pretty horrific bit. Um, but I was surprised for a 15 that they got away with some pretty um, big well things. Well, violent, isn't it, for a 15? And it's not even like fantasy violence, really. No, it's. It feels like a fantasy film, but it's. Full on gore, so. yeah. <laughs> it's historical, sort of. And my low, it is a horror film. Morbius with Jared Leto. It's a vampire film. Oh, um, God, yeah. Mm, you know, we did superheroes last month. It's another superhero vampire horror film, but it feels like it's from the 2000s. Jared Leto is horrendous in it. The script is terrible. And every single fight scene they tried to have goes into slow motion. Um, and it's just a really, really bad film. They got filmed ages ago and they were just pushing it back, pushing it, and they took quietly just... Well, it's, it was meant to come out last year. It was yeah. meant to come out in March of this year, then it got moved to April. Um, and it's just... It's not good. And I can't believe I saw it in the cinema. <laughs> oh my, you paid money? <laughs> oh no. £10, but you know. Um, Chris? My high is, well, not technically horror really, but um, Benedetta. I saw it at the Ooh. cinema Ooh. last week which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Um, saw it on Easter weekend, so felt a little bit little bit naughty, a little bit blasphemous, but um, it was no, it was really good. And, you know, it's got a dildo with the Virgin Mary's face on it. So, you know, what more, what more could you want? It's got a lot. It's got action Jesus. It's got blood. It's got lesbians. Yeah. Not the first film to have a, a dildo in the shape of Virgin Mary, but, you know. And hopefully not the last. <laughs> I've one welcome this renaissance of... of Mary dildo using. I'm just hoping they bring out a range of merchandise uh, in in line with the film, which I think would be a nice touch. There was or is a range of biblical sex toys, and I'm trying to remember the name of them. John the Flap Tits. It's not John the Flap Tits. Why not? Flap Tits, not Flap Tits. And uh, you got a low, Chris? I do. I would say... Uh, choose or Die on Netflix I thought was particularly painful uh, yeah to be honest I, I rarely give up on a film but I gave up after about 40 minutes what's it about what is it about it's um about an hour and a half an 80s survival horror game with sort of uh, a young coder who unleashes a curse from the game Robert England shows up of course Eddie Marzen's in it oh nice it sounds just like spooky Jumanji it pretty much is. Yes. Exactly. I, I can't remember there being any survival games in the 80s apart from like Pac-Man and... <laughs> it's meant to be on cassette, so it's meant to be like... Oh, one of those video ones. So it's basically the same as that um, Beyond the Gate then. Yeah, it's just sort of like that. It's a really good premise. It was just really badly Netflixed. <laughs> it's filmed all in the UK, but they um, have all their British actors be American people. Oh, what a lovely That old chestnut. What, including Eddie Marsden? Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Hmm. It's, Emily? It's not great. 
Um, I've got two highs because I've not watched that much horror this month. And one of them, I think, is more kind of horror adjacent than horror, though I think it was on at Fright Fest last year. Earlier on today, I watched Broadcast Signal oh, Intrusion. You've stolen one of my highs. I really liked it. It's <laughs> brilliant, um, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of maddening in, um, I suppose, Lost Highway kind of way. Well, it might just be because there are a lot of VHS tapes, but it involves somebody investigating these mysterious, well, broadcast signal intrusions of creepy footage of um, androids that just kind of appeared on random American TV channels in the 80s. It's set in the 90s. It's got a bit of a noir vibe and it goes mental towards the end. Um, yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, it's well good. Uh, what it made me think of is those kind of 70s paranoid conspiracy thrillers. Yeah, there's a lot of that in there as well. And also yeah. uh, Blowout, it reminded me a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like those, those 70s films, they were like grown up and serious, but they were but they're a bit scary as well. Mm. And that's what this gets bang on. It's not doing it in a like, who aren't we retro way particularly. Um, although obviously it's set in the late 90s, so there mm. is a bit of that. But it's like a 70s style film set in the 90s. I like it. It's really good. It's intriguing. And of course the intrusion sequences themselves were directed by our former guest devil, Dan Martin. Oh, that's right. Yes, I can I can see that. They have yeah. the, um, the right level of squeakiness, I think is correct. Yeah, very creepy. It's really like influenced by a weird short called I Feel Fantastic. Oh yeah, the early 2000s thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah robot, just, robot lady, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I, I really enjoyed it when I saw it at Fright Fest. It was, it's really good. Yeah, mm. it's, a, it's an interesting one. And then sort of opposite end of the scale, um, sort of inspired by what we've been watching this month, I finally watched Basket Case 3, The Progeny, <laughs> um, which is completely the opposite of Subtle, and I absolutely fucking love it because Frank Kellen Lotter is amazing. So you watch it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, Robert Monsters, this is fun, and then something really horrible happens, and you go, oh, I, I don't feel good now. Um, and then afterwards, you're just like, I love that. And it's going to give me nightmares. There's one scene where someone's eyes pop out, but um, they didn't have the budget for like blood effects. So it just looks extra freaky. And you get to see Belial having a shag. Yeah, twice. Oh, in is fact. that, is there's that a, the sex one? There is the sex one. <laughs> there's, there's sex in the, the second one as well. But this one's got a dream sequence where he's having a threesome with two sexy ladies. And one of them is reciting Shakespearean sonnets at him for some reason. Uh, yeah, so one of my highs was Broadcast Signal Intrusion. The other one... Um, Wacking Trier's Thelma It's a Norwegian film It's basically like A sort of European art house Version of Carrie So it's about a teenager Who's very Christian Goes lives at university On her own for the first time Starts to discover That she's got Weird telekinetic powers That manifest themselves Whenever she gets stressed uh, With kind of Spooky results It's very 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 good No one's seen that No, no. I've seen Carrie It's not as good as Carrie Don't worry But it's uh, No it's very good uh, so there are horror highs and lows. Now let's see if you recognise this snatch of music. Yes, isn't it? Um, is it Snog Marry Avoid? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. It's like it's something like that. So it's some shitty reality show. It's embarrassing bodies, which is ah, <laughs> essentially oh, the theme well, of this one's yeah. show. Very, Six very one, close. half a dozen of the other. It's just that's probably the one that's just a bit more horrible to people than Snog Marry Avoid. <laughs> <laughs> Snog this festering cock. The one with creepy Doctor. Or marry it or avoid it. Yeah, creepy yeah. Doctor. He looks like a dinosaur. He does. He does look like a dinosaur. Do you remember the Jim Henson series Dinosaurs? And there's a neighbour and he's a T Rex, <laughs> yes. and that's yes. what he looks like. Yeah, it's one true. of them looks like a dinosaur. The other one is called Pixie. Yeah. <laughs> Someone yeah. I I used to work with shagged Doctor Christian. 
Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the whole Gavin Rosdale conversation last month. This is now the equivalent of that. Um, this this particular guy was like you. Basically, like another version of Dr. Christian, your muscly gay guy. Um, I really, really wanted it to have been like just a, a lazy fat lad. Because like Dr. Christian was all just like, right, everybody has to just drink juice and run around. And then he comes home from work on a whole day of like telling people they're fat or telling people they're disgusting. And his boyfriend sat on the couch going, do you know what? You can make a sandwich out of meat pies. <laughs> That's what I wanted to happen. But sadly, that was not the case. He just liked other muscly men. Did he get a diagnosis at the end or? Uh, not that. And I think um, he probably said, no, I'm not working right now, mate. I'm busy. Imagine having sex with a doctor and then immediately afterwards going, <laughs> uh, what's this on my cock? <laughs> I just imagine Dr. Christian walking into the, the gay sauna and being like, guys, the doctor is in. <laughs> And then saying that again a few minutes later in a different yes. context. Hey. Hey. But even Dr. Christian and Dr. Pixie probably wouldn't have been able to help Tetsuo, the Iron Man, from the film of the same name, which is our first feature. It's from 1989. It's directed by Shinya Sukamoto. And as is so often the case with foreign language films, I've had to hire some actors to dub the trailer. Yay. <laughs> the organic combination of body and machine... Inside the flesh of an ordinary salary man, terrible things have started to take place. So you can't escape me. Drop dead. You metal freak. Ha ha ha. Metal, psychic, Star Wars. Tetsuo, the Iron Man. He's about to strike. The residents of a Japanese town are being turned into violent killers, partly made of metal mechanical parts. One guy has got away with it so far, but then he wakes up with a screw poking out of his cheek and his day gets worse from there. Tetsuo the Iron Man then, what do you make of it? It's bonkers, I love it. I really like it as well, yeah. Mm. They squeeze so much into like 70 minutes. It's just batshit, I've had to watch it. Uh, as part of like a film studies thing years and years ago and I must have been like 17 and they stuck it on and it's just like what the fuck I think it really sort of changed my attitude towards like what a film could be and I love how like it just looks like some sort of post-punk music video as well Mm. like especially Mm. like the bopping around in the glasses it's like this is something Devo would do it's just so weird and so horrible but in like a really great entertaining way like the drill dick is just wow beautiful <laughs> beautiful <laughs> and just um it's just like an anime come to life but like with a sort of post-punk edge to it i'm talking absolute shit. no 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 i think no, i think, I think... <laughs> we'll agree with you that's why i'm quiet it's an anime come to life with a post-punk edge guys that's something <laughs> wanker would say but you know what wank me up i'm i'm happy <laughs> with that label <laughs> Um, wank me up, um, baby. Wank me up before you go, go. <laughs> I love Tetsuo. Yeah, I think I think a live action anime thing is basically um, the issue I have with it because you know anime is for overgrown teenagers, isn't it? Really, is um, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are an overgrown teenager, Luke. You can't <laughs> deny that. <laughs> the amount of Wallace and Gromit you watch. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so suggesting you're more mature than that even. Wallace and Gromit would be much better with a with a drill dick, I'm just saying. 
Oh my yeah. god, who would have the drill dick? The, I reckon it would, it would be would Penguin. Obviously be, it would be Wallace, wouldn't it? Because he's always mucking about with metal. Yeah, he wears the wrong trousers, so he'd probably, yeah. yeah. probably have on the front of the wrong trousers. Yeah. The hey, More cheese grommets. grommets, lads. I've got a drill for a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wrong dick, Gromit, and it's, it's gone the wrong dick. <laughs> well, I don't know where his accent is. Why is he Scouse? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Gromit. It's out of control. It's the one accent. <laughs> Fucking chickens next to me trousers. <laughs> oh, I don't know where that went. That no, went Scottish at the round. end, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Russ Abbott kind of way. <laughs> William, William Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. Hey, hey, nice. Hey, Tetsuo, um, you've got a dick. Drill <laughs> for a dick, Tetsuo. I'll tell you what, at the start of Tetsuo, where the first caption is like, it's part of the regular size monster series. It's mm-hmm. like, that's... That's <laughs> underwhelming, isn't it? <laughs> Doesn't well, because you've got Pokemon, which are pocket monsters, and yeah. you've got Regumon, which are regular monsters. Well, he's trying to do like, um, what's the name of the Japanese? Is it Gaiju? The the Japanese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kaiju, yeah. It, it, Kaiju. He, he's trying to do. He's doing that with people, so that's why it's that. Presumably, I'm not sure. So, do you think it's a joke? It's not actually part of a regular size monsters series. Yeah, I th- it definitely. Is. Either way, it's brilliant. But I, I would imagine it's kind of a little bit like, huh, yeah, look what I'm doing. I'm making people into monsters because yeah. it is a bit like that isn't it yeah, yeah. i mean I'm, I'm uncultured so i was like oh the costume looks a bit like power rangers but it does look very uh power rangersy why didn't power rangers have drill decks as well um i'm sure there was a very similar power ranger enemy maybe not with a dick because it was a kid's show but there were definitely like drill hands and shit now you mention it, I'm pretty sure there was a masters of the universe villain with a drill dick <laughs> drill dicks all around Yes. Good film. It was one of the first weird films, in uh, quotation marks, that I watched during the lockdown when I started my quest to watch loads of unusual out there films, and uh, I absolutely Mm. loved it. At the time, I found it hilarious. It is very funny, like darkly funny, but it's just a really well-made piece of uh, quirky It's like a really messed up silent comedy in places and the way that the actors Mm. have to go like really big with it for the sort of animated special effects-y type stuff. It kind of adds to the sort of late night, early 90s Channel 4 nightmare feel of it as well. It's amazing that he was able to do this during like, obviously the pre-CGI age, but but not just pre-CGI, like pre-digital editing, really. So, I mean, I remember what it was like editing on videotape obviously this was done on 16 mil so that would have been like proper slicing up with razors and chopping up in some really mad way it's really impressive it's just non-stop just absolute madness like there's no kind of let up really in uh, everything that's happening it's just a job to take it all in yeah it's a cracking film but i do feel exhausted after watching it <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's enough now i need a word that's original and a sit down <laughs> we also watched the first sequel uh 1992's Tetsuo 2 Body Hammer who I named my first band after which I have no regrets about because it's still a fucking cool name even if I hadn't seen the film and hadn't over the years come to realise it's not a very good film it's sad that this is just so like lacklustre like there's some fun parts to it but it just never lives up to what the original is well, the first thing that happens is like it says it's produced by Thorny MI, which you know it's a must have had some money put into it, and I think that's part of the reason it doesn't work is because when you've got money to do this sort of thing, it no longer seems so impressive. The best bits of this one, I think, are the bits that look kind of lo-fi, and I don't know if that's just like they're trying to, in an expensive way, recreate what happens in the first one. There's like the odd kind of like weird sort of animated kind of liquid metally kind of bits, which look really really awesome. But yeah, other than that, it's a bit kind of ponderous. And also, they try to do too much plot-wise, and you're just like, who's this again? Yeah. I don't, don't 
don't care. It's yeah, no, it's a superhero film, really, isn't it? And you know, mm. you know how I feel about superhero films. I purposely didn't watch the sequels on our list this month because I don't hate myself that much. Um, <laughs> what's what's the general vibe of Tetsuo Two? What's the plot? I couldn't even. I was just not even interested enough to follow what was going on. It was just. Uh... <laughs> Because the end of Tetsuo, it's like, let's fuck up the world and turn it into metal. So does it carry on or is it just like... No, this is more nah. about a supervillain trying to create a race of warriors sort of thing. It's um... Yeah, there's there's science experiments going on and then there's a guy yeah. who's... Um... Trying to get his kidnapped son back, yeah. Oh, gross. That sounds really pedestrian and boring. It was weird that the opening of this, even though the Matrix wasn't out at this point, felt very Matrix when they have all those people shooting at them and like they're running through that weird environment. It felt like the Matrix may have taken some bits from the opening of this. A little bit of Matrix, a little bit of Wallace and Gromit drill dick. <laughs> <laughs> this is a rewrite of Mambo number no. five, isn't it? <laughs> very, very strange times. <laughs> <laughs> And there are a couple of others from Japan that we've been watching. One is an entry in the Notorious Guinea Pig series, Mermaid in a Manhole from 1988. It's a nice uh, juicy, splatty one. (laughs) Pussy. Mm. This one actually upset me a bit. You know, I was saying last time I was worried that Mm. um, some of these films would gross me out and upset me. This was the only one that did, even though it's not in any way realistic and she is covered in, like, Rice Krispies and goo. (laughs) And I think it's just because the majority of the film is a person suffering. It's the same reason that I find Wolf Creek very hard to watch. So even though this was ridiculous and stupid, and I I loved how mad it was. Like, yeah, okay, this guy finds a a mermaid who's got bits coming off of her. And, like, reading the sort of plot synopsis online, I'm like, yeah, well up for this. This sounds mad, but... um, I found it quite a quite a difficult watch this one. Not helped by the fact that it was lit like an eighties, like really cheap TV show. Yeah. Like an episode of sort of Beauty and the Beast, like the Ron Perlman series or something like that. It's, um... <laughs> or a DFS advert or something. <laughs> <laughs> the classic woman covered in ravioli on a sofa in a bath or whatever DFS advert. Yeah. yeah. And then the caption is all of our sofas come with Scotch guard, so this is <laughs> no problem. <laughs> You can put your pussy mermaid on all of our furniture <laughs> and everything's This fine. weekend only, pussy mermaid for free. <laughs> there was a weird subtitle. It must be a typo because she says that she has different colour pups in each of her tumours. Yes. And what were you expecting? I was wondering if it was like the dog equivalent of that thing that Bryony watched the other month with the woman with the vagina on her back that spewed out kittens or something. Oh, that one, yeah. I was wondering, I was like, what the fuck did I watch about dogs? No, it's the kitten vagina lady diaries hmm. yeah yeah that's probably the, what the working title was anyway it wasn't puppies it was it was pus i've not seen any of the other guinea pig films i've just heard that they're horrible and horrific and i just found it quite boring the other guinea pig films are a mixed bag there's some very good ones early on and then it all goes a bit strange from the third one onwards <laughs> never really know what you're gonna get the main thing i know about them is the story about charlie sheen calling the police because he thought one was an actual video of yeah. him being murdered yeah <laughs> and the FBI actually opened up a case. No. Really? Charlie Sheen, quite famously, takes a lot of drugs. Yes. <laughs> Probably this wasn't an ideal bedtime film for him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mind you, if he was watching The Little Mermaid, he would have called. Maybe he thought it, he thought it was The Little Mermaid. No, it wasn't this one, was it? Maybe if it, whatever he was watching, he would have called the FBI about it. <laughs> There's a talking donkey and a great big green man and they've kidnapped a princess. <laughs> yeah, all right, Charlie, go to bed. <laughs> One out of a hundred times, Charlie Sheen will be right and we will have failed him. 
One of my favourite non-fiction books, by which I mean one of my favourite <laughs> books because I don't read fiction, it's this thing by uh, David Kerikes and David Slater called Killing for Culture, which um, is a history of snuff in film. So it's films that depict snuff movies, rumours of snuff movies and the occasional real death caught on camera. And their conclusion at the end of the first edition, which was about 15, 20 years ago, was there's no such thing as real snuff movies. It's just a rumour. If, if there were such real things, police would have found a load yeah. And then they did a, a revised edition more recently, which is about three or four times as big. And it's just endless, endless descriptions of all these real snuff movies that have emerged on the Internet because the, the first edition was pre-Internet. And it's such oh, depressing gotcha. reading. It's fascinating. Can I, um, can I share with you my alternative title for that book? Go on. Snuff said. Like it. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. Thanks, right. thanks. I was very excited about that one. Keep that in. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep that in. Yeah, yeah. So everyone knows why you don't do stand up anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta leave them wanting more or much, much less. <laughs> <laughs> and the last Japanese film we're covering is Hisayasu Sato's 1995 remake of his own pleasure kill, uh, which is called Splatter Naked Blood. <laughs> I really like this. I mean, how many other films you've seen with a psychic cactus as a major part of the plot? This was not what I was expecting at all. I was just like, oh, God, this is going to be another grim, torturey thing. I'm not saying it's not grim, but it's fascinating and just so weird. It's beautifully shot. It's got that kind of like weird, jaunty music on the soundtrack. And it's absolutely mental. Yeah. Mm. It's quite ethereal. And then you've got a woman eating her own hand. And the rest. And the rest, yeah. Oh, oh God, yeah. Nipple. I mean, that, those scenes, I was just like, if this was more realistic, again, it would be a, uh, not watching that. But it, what's really interesting is it's got very, very kind of cartoony sound effects. Mm. It's like they must have yeah. got like a Foley artist who just had just loads of melons that they kept sort of <laughs> squeezing. And... Yeah, there was a lot of squelching. And... A lot of squelching. And then there's that scene with the um, the mum when her innards are all exposed and the dead dad comes and goes, oh, no, we man. can be together. Oh, my God, that's mad. As a joke, I said to Jack, like, oh, he's got to get inside her. And then he got inside her. And it was just... It's that shot of him pulling the flaps of skin. It's quite very satisfying. <laughs> I think all films should end with one character getting inside the other character what even shrek especially <laughs> shrek getting inside donkey <laughs> <laughs> the ogre is in <laughs> bit of a challenge yeah just, anyway. i don't know he's got a lot of slime in his house <laughs> oh god that's lube yeah <laughs> yes, that's what i was alluding to <laughs> sorry <laughs> this i watched it on the train and yeah you know, it seemed fine for the first 50 minutes and then all of a sudden i was like oh, I, I was on an aisle seat as well but I, oh I god <laughs> yeah that's the thing it takes quite a while to get into doesn't it which is really weird having now seen a bunch more of sato's films this is unbelievably restrained for him he normally can't go for more than two minutes without a scene of a woman having a wank or sucking a bloke off through his white pants <laughs> they're normally absolutely full of sex there's one called horsewoman dog uh which is like just a major <laughs> fuck fest and is that a spin-off of cat and dog no, no it's man bear pig 
<laughs> Actually, is it called Horsewoman Dog or is it called Horseman Woman? Um, hang on, I'm going to get this right. Does the Nickelodeon logo appear at the start? <laughs> I don't know if I can even look it up on IMDb because uh, it's just too rude. Uh, it's called Horsewoman Dog. I mean, that's just it's loads of fucking, loads of fucking. And then at the end, this evil woman <laughs> makes another woman shag a horse. And right. you know what the Japanese are like with their pixelating all the genitalia and uh, all that. By the point of that scene, I mean, for better or worse, it's just a screen full of pixels. <laughs> it's, it's, you just see nothing. It's just like there's a horse, there's a woman, there's a load of pixels. <laughs> Completely seems to negate the whole point of the thing, but there you a, go. A real horse or two people in a horse costume? Pantomime horse would make it worse yeah. somehow. <laughs> well, it is a real horse, but because of all the pixelation, you've no idea if they filmed it for real or not. But I'm glad I had to look this up on IMDb. The reason I couldn't find it initially is because it's under the supposed alternative title of Rough Sex. Spelt like a dog going rough. Wait, I did look at the IMDb page of stuff he's directed, and um, yeah, there's a there's a certain amount of uh, filth in there. My favourite thing about his IMDb page is that his photo on it, his profile photo, looks like he's literally just come out of a porno cinema in a filthy Macintosh, and is um, surprised to have been caught on camera. He's a man who enjoys his work. It's probably quite hard to photograph him. Who's just in looking at his own his own films. He's always wanking. Yeah. Brian, he explains the joke. <laughs> That's my theme this month. He's taken the picture, though. So has he come out of the cinema himself shocked and he's taken it? Oh, do you think that's a selfie? Yeah, you can see his arm holding the camera. <laughs> oh, I thought he was pushing the photographer away. <laughs> he's coming, he's coming, he's taken it himself. Oh, no, he's, he looks like he's pushing the photographer away. You don't know. Look, he's covered in sweat. I hope it's sweat. <laughs> donkey. <laughs> Woman donkey dog. Anyway, talking of dubious, dodgy directors, uh, Richard Stanley's been cancelled, but we watch Colour Out of Space anyway because, well, Nicolas Cage, Dan Martin's incredible effects work, won a Fangoria Chainsaw Award, of course. Well done, Dan. Um, yeah, Colour Out of Space. What do you think of that? It's Dang a fun in. movie, though I think it could do with being half an hour shorter. Right, on that subject, it's edited by the same guy who edited Mandy. And I don't think it's the fact that it's mm. half an hour too long. I think that editor just has no fucking sense of urgency. And just <laughs> something about the way he cuts films just makes them really way more boring than they should be. Maybe he was just like, OK, can we make it really slow and can we also make things purple for no reason? Well, the purple's good. No, the purple, purple is good. Nice. It's just Purple looks very nice. In colour out of space, it makes sense. And I, I, purple is one of my favourite colours, but it is kind of, I think Goff. I said this at the time when it was first, um, when I first talked about it, when it was in cinema, that the whole point with the Lovecraft story is this colour that no one can see or describe. And he's just gone for this really nice shade of purple. Oh, which you've just described as really nice. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a cool shade of neon purple. That's what it's called. If you buy, If you buy the paint, it's called really nice purple. <laughs> what does shit purple look uh, like? That's that 70s band, isn't it? Did Smoke on the Water. <laughs> <laughs> they're a really deliberately bad tribute band. No, there's um there probably isn't shit purple, there's probably really cunty purple. Uh, which is yeah, the same yeah. but slightly too bright and it hurts your eyes. I don't go in Faro and Ball, I have to make up my own paint colours. Just... <laughs> uh, I really like the style of it. Uh love Nicolas Cage, obviously. Yeah, it does take a long time to get going, I think. Once a lot of the intense, crazy, pretty stuff happens, it gets much more interesting. But yeah, it is a little 
a little long. That fucking editor, I blame him for why I don't love it. <laughs> Brett W. Backman is a twatty name, let alone a bloke you'd phone up and say, can you edit my film, please? Brett W. Backman. That sounds like a made-up name. Well, I bet I know what the W stands for. Uh, is it Wilbur? Um... <laughs> wheelie, wheelie long Brining takes. now resisting the urge to explain <laughs> any joke. He means wanker. I'm deliberately misunderstanding for my own amusement. Um, it's Willy, clearly, because I just find the word really, really funny and I've never, I've never grown out of that. I can use that. It's a family-friendly show. I think we can use Willy, though. <laughs> and get away with that. It's funnier than saying dick or cock. I don't know why it just is. I don't make the rules. Yeah. Um, really? Well, yeah. these are the rules that I abide by. Anyway. Except it's not. It wouldn't be called Brett Willie Backman. It'd be called <laughs> Brett Wiener Backman. A wiener. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's wiener. what he's... Wiener. Wiener, wiener. Chicken dinner. <laughs> there was a director of Sopranos called like Robert Wiener, and I laughed every time it came up. It <laughs> <laughs> came up. Um, oh, I don't know if he was called Richard Wiener. Oh, man, I'm just happy to be alive today. Uh, Luke, oh, you didn't watch Colour Out of Space because Richard Stanley's cancelled and you're, you're a youngster. Luke is not taking part in this part of the discussion. Um, as we're talking about a film that won previous guest devil Dan Martin a Chainsaw Award, let's move on to the film that won him another Chainsaw Award at the same ceremony. Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor, which is a banger. It is a banger. It Great is. Film. I wish I liked it. Oh, mate. Did you not like it? It's weird. I really, really like the opening of it because I think the opening just hits straight away because it's so horrific. Mm. And then it just... I think there are some brilliant moments to this and I think there are some great practical effects, but I think it just really slowed down for me after that because I thought oh from that opening I thought it was just going to go all out and then it sort of just didn't which I was sort of disappointed by one thing I will say with it is that I was expecting it to build up at the end to some proper mad psychedelic shit and it doesn't no it goes like it goes weird and domestic doesn't it yeah it does and that's that's interesting and the story's good it's very kind of concise and then it makes sense and then it's kind of like a cycle but I just wanted another scene of like mad melting bodies and weirdness but it's still good though I mean I don't fully understand the film even after having watched it since three or four times but it just feels like the person who's made this film knows what they're doing and that's good enough for me mm. so visually pleasing sounds amazing mm. it's um just so well shot all the performances are just really like pitch perfect yeah it's great and it's really really gory as well which you just hits you really hard sean bean's well, not even death. He doesn't die from it, but fuck it. <laughs> yeah, how did he? How did he survive? It's that? probably more horrible, more horrible that he doesn't die. Yeah, and he has to live with all that horrible shit happen to his face. The rubber dummy head thing is really effective as well. When a face oh, just I love it. face just crumbles. And I love the way that Brandon Cronenberg has followed in David's footsteps by giving his characters really weird names: Tazia Voss, Reed Pass, Gerda, Wiener Wiener. <laughs> and I've always wondered if the like you know there's that explicit sex scene when um, Chris Abbott is in the data mining place and he's flicking through the different cameras and there's mm. like you know basically a pornographic scene that it's captioned is taking place in Brighton <laughs> Ben Wheat is one of the producers on this and I was wondering if he goes oh can you can you say that scene's in Brighton <laughs> mm. <laughs> we're very happy oh, no, I do remember that yeah, we're yeah. really happy if you set that scene in Brighton <laughs> <laughs> is that how he talks <laughs> That's how anyone with a big beard talks. <laughs> I thought Ben Wheat was more like quite soft spoken. Oh, he's like, hey. uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Do you want me to film? 
Well, my fucking field. Fucking right, field and... in England, mate, you can. Bosh. <laughs> it's a big fucking field, mate. What more do you want? It's a list and there's killings on it. All right. Fuck off. I, I think I think I think <laughs> I assume that anyone with a big beard sounds a bit like David Bellamy. Oh, right, okay. Who the fuck's David Bellamy? He was a big beardy man who couldn't say his R's properly and he used to talk right. about wildlife. Oh, oh, and he's all like, oh, I fucking love plants. I don't think he ever said, look at those birds, you cunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But these days he's more like, oh, look at them foreigners, you cunt. Yeah, he's oh, uh, Brexity, sadly. Sticking with Canadian horror. Um, Anti-Birth, directed by Danny Perez, is, I feel, a very underseen, undervalued film. But have you seen the fucking poster for it? When you saw that poster, what did you think you were going to get? Not a social realism drama about a woman struggling with addiction. It's a good poster. It is a lovely poster, but it really yeah. missells the film. So you clapped the mention of this film, Brownie. I did. Um, I, I love um, Thingy Mujobi. Uh, I think she's great. Oh, Thingy Mujobi, um, she's great, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Natasha Leon. Yeah, Natasha Leon. yeah. She's awesome. Was that your acting fact, that this film contains Thingy McJobby? No, so Thingy McJobby was obviously in But I'm a Cheerleader, so I was like, sold, I'll watch this film. But that's not my acting fact. My acting fact is fucking bang on this month, right? Anyway. Stay tuned. Um, it's so bad. Anyway, yeah, no, I love this film. I thought it was so great. Um, mm. It was so fun. I just want to watch Natasha Leon just walk around getting fucked up and being all husky and cool. And the body horror aspects of it was, they were just so fun and so gross. Particularly as a woman who's considering pregnancy in the near future. It's like, oh, uh, maybe a, not, not, not like not like tomorrow, like five years. That's near future enough that's for me. That's a revelation, blimey. Oh, really? No, you know I like kids. I mean, do you know what? I could have been doing my girl guiding um, activities tonight because I have a, a unit of girl guides, but I, I had to cancel to do this. So instead of being wholesome with children, I had to watch fucking, <laughs> what was that film that I watched? Uh, Bad Biology, which we'll get on to, yeah. So, you know, usually I start my Monday evenings with a brownie friends, a brownie friends, but instead I started my Monday evening with, I was born with seven clits. We'll get on to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a brownie badge for that these days? Do <laughs> what the clit badge? <laughs> yeah. There's a know myself badge. There's a what? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed this film. And um, even the weird sort of trippy parts didn't feel like it was trying too hard. I'm surprised you call it fun, though, because, I mean, I found it really grim, but I do like grim films. Yeah, I thought it was going to be funnier than it was. I thought it was going to be sort of wackier and sillier than it Knock was. About, so yeah. I thought it was, found it a little bit jarring. And yeah, some of it is very depressing. She was so charming, though. I think that's why I enjoyed oh, it she's, so much. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. yeah, she's fucking amazing. Because you just described it as like a woman going through addiction. I'm like... I thought she was just having fun. It was like, oh, actually, no. <laughs> she was having quite a bad time. <laughs> she really she? sells it. And it's it's either the way it's written or the way that it's improvised. Because um, a lot of it does sort of look a bit like it is improvised, but it feels kind of mm. real. So it's like, I mean, apart from the whole giving birth to a head and then a body thing. <laughs> Um, but it happens um, all the time. <laughs> this is why I've never had kids because um, <laughs> I didn't know that they they were detachable. Um, <laughs> but well, they, I suppose anyway. Sorry, I've, I've got a really horrible thought which I'm not going to share with anybody. Do it, do it. Do well, it, I, do I suppose it. I was just saying. Well, technically, all heads are detachable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being judged by your adorable little kitten there. He understands. Um, but yeah, I was just saying with this film, it would be a lot more depressing if it didn't have that sense of it being real. So you can see that she is having fun. She's having a laugh with her mates as well as it being a depressing, fucked up situation. It's just not all of it works. Some bits of it are a little bit jarring, but it's a fascinating film. This is one I've been recommending to people. So our trip around the world of body horror takes us next to Mexico. Well, Mexico via Australia's Gold Coast. 
where they actually filmed it. The Ruins from 2008. Oh, this is really good. I love plants that kill people. I love the happening. Uh, you know, Triffids. <laughs> love plants. But it was just much better than I was expecting. And the gore was really good. Like, there were some nice moments. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be about plants that killed people or make ringing noises. I don't think the biology was spot on. That's a nice touch, isn't it? The fact that they mimic the sounds. I like that the um, plants mimic people. I thought that was a kind of a cool, like, nice, creepy idea. But I didn't like this film. There was one bit I laughed at that I don't think was meant to have been funny. It's when the poor guy gets his legs chopped off by the (laughs) trainee doctor character who is such an arsehole and I was expecting him to turn out to be like some kind of evil arsehole at the end. That guy is just an absolute fucking prick. The actor just has the look of a serial killer about him. But don't leave that in or he'll come for me. Um, (laughs) might do. Yeah. They all listen to this. Yeah, of course they do. They're they're Googling themselves. As is um, Sato in that cinema just full of IMDb photos. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway, it's the scene where the poor guy gets the bottom of his legs chopped off and that is graphic and horrible and you're like, oh, that's really, really horrible and fair play, that is a good kind of gore effect. But then you get yeah. a shot of the vines carrying the legs away. Yeah, I, I really like that. That was really funny. <laughs> and then I thought if Tromer had made this on the 10th of the budget, I would have enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, I thought that was fun. I thought this was a fun, easy watch and I enjoyed it. But I mean, I have the brain of a cat marshmallow thing. Cat marshmallow thing. I just got, oh. I've got a squidgy brain and I'm easily amused. And oh, you know, yeah, well, I've got a squidgy brain as well. But these people were just all the characters were cunts. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I love were. films with cunts and they all die. That'd be the right kind of cunts. Oh no, just good-looking drunk Americans. That's enough for me. I did fine with this. I didn't like any of the characters and I didn't care if any of them got killed. But the gore effects, like, there's not much gore that does get me. But the leg bit. Yeah. That, that is that, that is actually, very very well done. So there's actually like an alternate cut of the film where the main character is when she's driving away at the end. Mm. All of a sudden the camera turns to her and you actually see vines appearing all over her. Is it like the end of Little Shop of Horrors? Do they all appear and sing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. I did like the the kind of horrible plants that not only kill you but also basically take the piss out of you. Like there's a scene where the um, the two women are having an argument because the the message of the film seems to be bitches be crazy, yeah. um, and it's all just like did you fuck my boyfriend and the plants going busy busy busy, <laughs> <laughs> really sarcastic. I didn't see this one. All I'm imagining is a grittier troll too. It sounds sounds great. It's not a miles away. <laughs> um, body horror lends itself to comedy, as we are learning. And who better to put comedy and horror together than Frank Henenlotter? Or is that the case? Obviously, it is with brain damage and Frank Nurka, but we've covered both of those in previous shows. So that brings us to his most recent effort, Bad Biology, from 2008. But he hasn't made a feature film since. Is it because Bad Biology is not very good? <laughs> It's not great, yeah. It's terrible. I wish they'd use puppets for the baby. There's some really shit CGI. Yeah. Like, I was so disappointed. That first time the baby's in the bath, and I was like, what the fuck am I watching right now? <laughs> like, this just looks like when movies used to start with, like, a really bad CGI logo. Yeah. Like, I expected when that baby was in the bath just to see a film logo <laughs> appear over the top of them and be like, oh, it's, it's just a film logo. I was almost expecting, um, like, a record scratch moment with the monologue and then the turn to camera. Like, you know, like, the... Record scratch? Yep, mm. that's me. You're probably wondering how I got <laughs> no, here. No, I got here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got seven yeah. clits. 
I mean, it's a good way to open a film. Great, up there with the opening lines. It was up there with, um, I was born a poor black man, and... As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster, so instead it's as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to have seven clips. Clips, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a plot line in Sopranos where Christopher makes a slasher film called Cleaver, um, and it's funded by the Mafia, and that's kind of what this film felt like. It felt like a sort of mafia tax write-off. Mm. <laughs> like, especially with like, hey, you fucking twat. Yeah, the fact the producer was called R.A. the Rugged Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you ready for my um? Are you ready for my acting fact? Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> Hold on to your hat. Brian's acting fact. Right. So the man playing the crackhead. So you know that scene with that man who's like, you're a crazy bitch and you need to be shot in the head. And she's like, where's my Jimmy J? Um, so that mm. man, the, the quite haggard looking man, is a man called Rude Jude, uh, who shot <laughs> to fame uh, because he was on the Jenny Jones show, which was like a, an offshoot of sort of Springer type shows in the early noughties. And he would be brought on and she'd be like, give it up for Rude Jude. And his whole thing would he would just insult the, you know, my dad's my mum guests. And that was his career. And uh, now he's rude Jude forever, and he got a part in this film as Crackhead. <laughs> All right, okay. Hmm. That's my acting fact. I told you it was a good one, this one. That is Bryony's first ever useful mm. acting fact. Because <laughs> it's mostly, they're mostly non-actors in this, aren't they? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not being mean oh, about yes. their acting ability. They're, they're mostly entertainers, that I think. Is, that is apparent. Yeah, they are non-actors. Wasn't the male lead cast from, like, MySpace or something like that? Because early 2000s but I think the woman in it does quite a good job and I quite like the scenes at the start with her even though bad special effects notwithstanding I like the fact that you've got her ridiculous voiceover I think there's something quite charming about it in as much as a film with a ginormous sentient penis in it can ever be described as charming well once the bloke with the dick turns up don't you find like it it gets a bit shit he he drags it down doesn't he really yeah yeah, yeah. A, much like his yeah. cock does to him. <laughs> the tone sort of started off as like this is a trashier version of teeth, mm. um, and then it's like, oh no, we need to get a dick involved. Um, I did like the baby dick uh, that ran out or well, got splooshed <laughs> out of her. That's the jingle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all that jeepers creepers. <laughs> yeah, um, earlier when you said I do like kids, so hopefully it <laughs> doesn't. <laughs> oh no, I'm a nonce by proxy. <laughs> <laughs> proxy nonce that's one of the most powerful kind of nonces um yeah brian ferry in proxy nonces <laughs> um, the world's least successful tribute band um, <laughs> but it does have one of the best credits ever where um oh masturbation machine and penis cruel stop motion animation it was the penis cruel stop motion animation and the name of the guy that apparently did that jeremiah dickey Oh, <laughs> I looked that up and I was like, surely that's not real. Come on, that's got to be a made up thing. But no, he um, apparently that he is actually a respected animator. And his, probably his biggest work was the animated bits for um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. As this is a family yeah. podcast, could you just say Jeremiah Willie instead? I'll use that. All right, Jeremiah Willie. <laughs> Right, I'll edit that. I'd find that even funnier. <laughs> you look so pleased as well when you said that. <laughs> Jeremiah Todger is good as well. <laughs> so sort of the, the posh people version. To Australia now and the bewildering body melt. Yeah, it's probably nonsense. Bits of it are ridiculous. It takes a long time to get going, but I really like this film. It's wrong on every conceivable level, but it's so much fun. It feels like three different movies. Well, it's based on four different short stories and they've made absolutely no efforts to try and uh, <laughs> combine <laughs> them. Yeah. <laughs> 
So it's it's just like switches between these different things with no fucking rhyme or reason. I'm sure I read somewhere they were going to do an anthology, but they couldn't get the funding. They spent it all on Harold Bishop. Yeah, they spent it all on Harold Bishop. <laughs> yeah, but he turns up 40 minutes in. I wanted him to be right from the beginning. <laughs> you wanted all the Harold all the time, but not only does he turn up and initially you just like you hear a voice on the phone of an, the angry doctor man and then you realise it is Harold Bishop and um, he goes, fuck the authorities! <laughs> and you're like, yeah, Harold Bishop said fuck, this is the best film ever. I, I feel like I missed out on a lot of entertainment value just from never having watched Neighbours. It's exactly the same as this film, only minus all the body horror bits. It's even in a cul-de-sac, same. Yeah. You missed the whole great storyline where Harold Bishop comes back and has amnesia, turns into a peeping Tom. I'm not saying that Neighbours is the great entertainment uh, I've missed. I mean, I've missed the entertainment aspect of going, oh, it's Harold Bishop. Ah. Uh, <laughs> um, I think all the practical effects, like every single practical effect is does stand out. The long tongue one was the one that got me because it's, mm. it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so as far right. as they go, but too many of them just cut away to that kind of internal body shot instead of showing you the final phase of the melt. Oh, what, yeah, just the weird little, like, looks <laughs> like it's just going through a plastic yeah, bag. Exactly. Mm. exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a strange film. I'll, I'll keep watching it until I like it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Until I decide that it is actually shit, I don't know. Right, and finally, our second feature from 2006 is James Gunn's Slither. And uh, there's a load of on-screen text at the start of this trailer, so I've hired a load of actors to read those bits out. Rosemary's Baby. The Exorcist. Halloween. Alien. The Shining. The Thing. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Hellraiser. The Ring. Throughout the years, these classic horror films had one thing in common. They were all four sisters. From Universal Pictures comes a film so shocking. Uh, we've got a real problem here. So disgusting. Don't let him in your mouth! It will change the face of horror. They're doing things to people, turning them into some kind of monsters. How's everybody's evening? Good? Something's wrong with me. Slither. After being attacked by an alien worm in the woods, a Woody Harrelson impersonator transforms into a slimy tentacle monster with a taste for live flesh. A Woody Harrelson impersonator. I mean, I, it took me ten minutes to realise it wasn't Woody Harrelson. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> I think Michael Rooker is fucking brilliant in this, um, but mm. I, I didn't realise it was him at first. Really? That was the main reason I um, selected this one. It wasn't as sorry, sorry guys, it wasn't as good as I remembered. Um, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I was basically, it's got Michael Rooker in it, and I like him. I like that man. I'll yeah. rewatch that one. And he is, he's fantastic in everything he touches. I fucking love Michael Rooker. But yeah, a friend of a friend of mine was like, oh, that one's so disgusting. And this like, oh, that shocking scene. And it's like, none of it's that shocking. And it's all a bit no. meh. It's not funny enough, is it? No, I was getting quite cantankerous and I was feeling like you. Because you know, you hate American humour and stuff. Yeah. I was literally channeling Cliff just sat there just going, oh, grow up. Just like, really didn't enjoy it. James Gunn's screenplays have the thing that Cliff hates about American comedy where everyone's got the same kind of tone. Yes, and everyone's like the smartest person with comebacks and really witty. I love James Gunn's stuff. This isn't like one of his better things, but I can also see that that's really annoying because it's just like, yeah, it's literally just, you've put all your own nerdy observations into the film. Yeah, yeah. It's like reading Reddit. I I really like going on Reddit, but sometimes it's really difficult because it feels like everyone's got the same tone of voice and you're just watching 
pushing one side of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I will say, like, the bit where everyone's being absorbed when it goes a little bit society, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I just wasn't as, as enamoured as I was the first time I saw this. I think I must have been very drunk. No, I think you were 15 years younger. <laughs> yeah, I must have been quite drunk. So, 17, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was fun. There's a real um, gap between the terrible early 2000s CGI slugs and the really cool practical effects. So that's a bit uh, bit jarring. It's so much more visceral when they're real, isn't it? Just bung a few real slugs on there. Yeah. Even a few Haribo would have been, you know, would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, cover some Tangfastics in Vaseline, lob them around, you're done. <laughs> then you've got Mermaid in the manhole. <laughs> yeah. And you've ruined the warranty on your DFS sofa. <laughs> I do really like Michael Rooker in it, but when your best actor, by far your best actor, is turned into a giant slug by the end of the first act, it's not going to get much better than that, is it? You've lost your best character. I think the reason this is quite silly as well, because James Gunn went from writing Scooby-Doo 1 and 2 (laughs) straight to this. Scooby, Scooby-Doo 1 and 2. I'm sure I've done that before. (laughs) Uh, So that's that's the only reason I can think that it's quite... Like, I know he went from doing all the trauma films before this, and this is, like, the first proper Hollywood film. What if James Gunn had written Bad Biology and Frank Henenlotter had written and directed Slither? That would be better. Uh, yeah, that it would, would be actually. great. Yeah. The effects would it be It probably better. wouldn't be as high budget. No. No. But who cares about that? Henenlotter probably wouldn't want to work with a high budget anyway. Well, I think we found the solution to two mediocre films. <laughs> <laughs> Swap directors and remake them. I think it'd be a good, like, gateway film to someone who's not too keen mm. on horror. Mm, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of those, isn't it? Yeah. I know James Gunn wrote Dawn of the Dead, but I think they're sort of on the same level with the film that they have, like, the way that it's filmed and the way that characters act are very similar to how the Dawn of the Dead remake is. Mm. So I think, yeah, if you were going to say to someone, start on two films, then it would probably be this and the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. Oh, what? And create a little kiddie uh, James Gunn acolyte? Yeah. That would, that's not... I don't approve of that. If they watched Guardians of the Galaxy, they'd be a little bit like... Mm. But if they'd been watching The Suicide Squad or Peacemaker, they might be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can draw a line. It's snarky and there's guts. I get it. So uh, now from slugs in brains to fingers on buzzers as we play another round of Scary Noises. Uh, So Chris, you are a uh, listener to the show, aren't you? So I think you know how Scary Noises works, hopefully. Yes. You're on the team with Bryony. Nice, nice. You're against Luke and Emily. And what is your uh, buzzer noise? I've got um, a bottle of zinc tablets and they sound like this. Are they what you have to take to stop your mouth chewing after a weekend on the ecstasy? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think it's what happens when you turn 35. You just get given them um, with some Gaviscon. (laughs) (laughs) what has everyone else got as buzzers Uh, I did have a packet of cold and flu tablets but I thought I'd get some vitamin D because they're funnier alright so Brian and Chris (laughs) both got pills Uh, Luke does it all sound too much like a pill okay I think I know the difference what is it though is it an egg it's just just with peasant side, but squishmallow. A pear's egg. That is quite a rude sounding special effect, though, that noise. I've just realised that. It is. Wrapping sounds. And Emily, your egg doesn't sound too much like the pills, does it? No. Okay. They're all vaguely similar, but I think I'll manage. Okay. Here's your first pair of scary noises. I do not believe in actual demons now. No. But when I was doing exorcisms. Yes, Brian. Music is body melt. 
It is. And the dialogue is about demons, exorcism, uh, uh, they're all so shit, uh, apart from that one good one. Deliver us from evil. It's not deliver us from evil. Luke and Emily, can you get the dialogue? Can, can I just I say the answer already? <laughs> but when I was doing exorcisms, you know, you know, I acted like I did. It's not like I saw any demons come out of anybody. So for the last something odd years, you've just been a fraud. That's your word, not mine. I wouldn't say that. I would say that for the last couple of years, what I've been doing is doing what I've always been doing, which is delivering a service for a person who needs it. Yeah, it's the last exorcism. It is, yeah. Well done. Uh, here's your second pair. Calm yourself, Sally. What did he want of you? Never you mind. Oh, I suppose it was something odd. But you have a living to make. You can't afford to be so choosy. Yes, it's easy for you to don't say that. So just enough. mind your own affairs. You make me nervous, you bloody cunt. that's cunt. not true. Be a lady and I'll keep your company. It'll be safer in my cab than alone in Chelsea. You could cross paths with... Then no more Sally. Yes, Chris. Is it Frenzy? No, nice guess. But uh. um, Frenzy is notably better acted than that. Uh. Um, <laughs> any ideas, anyone? No? Um, ben Wheatley. Yeah. <laughs> no. The, the music was uh, from Mermaid in a Manhole. Mm. And the dialogue was from the English dub of Jess Franco's Jack the Ripper, which I swear <laughs> is one of the funniest English dubs I've ever heard. Oh, I need to check this out. I love a bad dub. Right, number three. You fucking cocksucker! You cocksucker! You cocksucker! Luke, fapping away there. No, I don't know why I thought it was Mandy, the dialogue. but It's not Mandy, no. Anyone got any ideas? Uh, is the dialogue colour out of space? It is, but you've already had your go, because Luke already <laughs> has... Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, sorry, I, I knew it was Nick Cage. Is, is, the, is the dialogue colour out of space? <laughs> oh, yeah, Chris, well done. Um... <laughs> Emily, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. Did anyone get the music? <laughs> Uh, um, no. no. It was from the Driller Killer. Driller Killer. Oh. Okay, so halfway through, and Chris and Bryony have two, Luke and Emily have one. Is number four. Stacy, what are you doing? He's in med school, Eric. Yeah. Yeah, he's in med school. He's not a surgeon, he's not a doctor. Uh, he... Wow, that is everyone all at once. Um, <laughs> I don't know who's rattling things over. I'm going to let Emily have that because hers was highest pitch and therefore reached my ears first. Uh, the dialogue is The Ruins. It is, yeah. Did you get the music? No, because I was excited know? that I got the dialogue, usually. <laughs> yep. Chris and Bryony, can you get the music? Stacey, what are you doing? He's in med school, Eric. Yeah. Yeah, he's in med school. He's not a surgeon, he's not a doctor. He's in school. I'm entitled to my vote, Eric. Do it. That's him off. Off. Oh, it's a slasher. I don't know, Cherry Falls, something like that. Nah, it is a slasher though. It's Jason X. Ah. Okay, uh, number five. It is something I've been proud of. Kept alive for every damn drug you needed. Oh. And what am I? Goddamn drugs you can't get late. Yes, Brownie. Uh, Biology is the dialogue. It is. Music. Jason Z. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Luke and Emily, can you get the music? Nope, not that one. It is something I'm proud of. Kept alive for every damn 
I feel like it's a haunted house type movie with the camera panning through while that music's yeah. playing. Mm. It does have that vibe, but I don't know what it is. It is a haunted house movie with the camera panning through while that's playing. <laughs> and it's been mentioned already, The 13 and Ghosts. Oh, oh The 13 fuck. and Ghosts. Yeah. With the scores at 3-2 to Chris and Bryony, here's the last pair. First, a toast to the old Delta Sigma house. Where the hell that is. <laughs> and to all the men of the Trident living... Whoever the hell they are. <laughs> no? Something to do with frat boys. Is the music Tetsuo? It's not Tetsuo, no. Is the music um, anti-birth? Yes, it is. Anyone on the dialogue? Frat um, boys Black being Cri- dickheads number 52. Sorry, Luke. Black Close. Christmas. No... It was um, Killer Party. Oh, oh right. There you go, just a generic slasher <laughs> that you know, some people Does like. what it says on the tin, you know. <laughs> there's a party, there's a killer, done. <laughs> oh, it's a big fucking field, mate. It's I'm a fucking field. Party. It's in fucking England. fucking party, mate. <laughs> fucking Wheatley. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so the final scores are three all. Chris Mayo, thank you for joining us this month. Where can our listeners catch up with what you do? Um, if you go on www.bigfatcult.com, careful how you spell and Google that, um, you can uh, <laughs> listen to my <laughs> my podcast, which is Big Fat Cult. I also have a web store selling movie stuff and i also have a tiktok where i post my comedy stuff and that is at big fat cult as well uh yeah and you can hear chris and i talk about the holy mountain on one of those big fat cult shows yes and troll 2 coming up <laughs> seems like years ago we recorded that one but it yeah, was it looking was forward to hearing what i said then um yeah and if you can't get enough of hearing me talk about the holy mountain then i'm at it again on a recent episode of directors uncut uh where we discuss both that and santa sangra how about the rest of you got anything to plug uh i could plug my brighton friend show i think you should yes 23rd to the 25th of may at 9 30 p.m i'm doing my new show which is called wolf ish at the carolina brunswick in brighton what a great venue yeah, so it's it's a lovely venue. The guy that owns it's all right. Yeah, he's certainly yeah. a bit. Yeah, um, I've heard a bit of a bit wanker, but... <laughs> It's going to be fun. I've got some mates coming down to do some guest bits. It's going to be a lot of me rambling. So basically, like the rambling I do on the podcast, but with more swearing. More? Yeah, a lot of swearing. It's just going to be swearing the whole the mainly, show. Mainly Todger rather than Willie. Mainly Todger. No, the reason why I find... Well, there's two reasons why I find the word Todger funny. One is that a friend of mine used to say that instead of Willie or Cock or anything like that. And the other thing is me and my friend used to have a running thing that it was easier for sketch groups to get laughs because they could just come out and go, Todgers! (laughs) I've seen a few of those sketch groups. Yeah, I'm I'm telling my truth on the microphone here, which admittedly is about talking about Todgers. But anyway, yes, good. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Luke, next month, what theme have you chosen for us? 
Uh, Aussie horrors. Aussie horror, and for one of our features, the loved ones. I picked. Oh, right. And our guest devil next month is Australian comedian John Robertson, and he's picked Outback, aka Waking Fright, as our other feature. So we'll see you on the other side of the world in May. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs> Tributes have been paid to the naturalist and broadcaster David Bellamy, who's died at the age of 86.